good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. Okay, I've gone a little while with it, but I do mean to say whatever part of the day that you are in today, I welcome you still to, wow, what a show. This is the podcast and our outreach live of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. We are definitely in a series titled Apples of Gold and so being just outfilled to overflowing with its sweetness and just asking the Lord to help us to digest it all. It's a lot. There is a lot to be discovered in the book of Proverbs. Apples of Gold, reading through the book of Proverbs. It has been truly good. And this morning we had such a wonderful, wonderful feast at the table as Minister Amy Cannett read for us and gave comment that was just delightful. We really traveled a lot of ground. We covered many of the um, those issues that you know, touch our lives every day, those things that we might indeed be tempted by, so to speak. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the same thing today as I read. I really want to highlight that part of it that she um, mentioned. Actually, she's, she got us going with one of them. But before we do that, let's dive in and read. I wish to welcome you to our reading um, Billy, Jacob, thank you for entering the studio. We are reading, as you may know, through the book of Proverbs, and we're titling our reading, Apples of Gold. There is a proverb that does say, um, a word fitly spoken is like an apple of gold or uh, apples of gold. And we're going to we're going to run into that proverb as we go. There are lots and lots of sayings from the book of Proverbs that we're probably very familiar with. And um, <clears throat> we're going over them in the context of our readings, right, from each chapter and realizing that God gifted Solomon with uh, an amazing capacity for wisdom. And whether he, you know, used it all the time or not is not really the point. The point is he was given wisdom because he asked for wisdom in a state of humility once he became king of Israel. The Lord asked him what he desired, and he said, wisdom to lead your people. And so God did indeed, and his wisdom was known abroad. He really was famous for his wisdom. He then has given this book of, of the wise sayings. Uh, he left it as a legacy to his son, but we know that the imparting of God's gift is also God's voice in these wisdom messages to us. So we are here and we are going through them. Now from the audience, you know, we read this morning and we, we expounded and, you know, commented and everything. Um, but if you have comments, you know how much I do indeed welcome them. And your comments on any proverb that we read today, I will read and you'll help me uh, to give the comments that you know, may be beneficial and helpful to others. So we're in chapter 13, and the subscript in my Bible is the wise and the foolish contrasted. That is a good point to recognize because for every proverb, in, in almost each one of them, they are a, a double set, so to speak. One proverb 
pertaining to righteousness and then the contrast of it pertaining to the wicked heart or of the recompense of wickedness. So they are in direct contrast one to another as they sit almost side by side. And we begin with verse one, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner does not hear rebuke. Now that is a good jumping off point. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner hears not rebuke. He won't hear it. Uh, Verse two, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. Ooh, let's pay attention to this. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desires and hath nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is that maketh him rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, but hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. A a repeat, which means that God is emphasizing this. In the scriptures, when we have things that keep coming back, keep coming back, they're coming back for our knowing, and God is emphasizing it. It's important to him. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride comes contention, but with the well, but with the well advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Whosoever despises the word shall be destroyed. But he that fears the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding gives favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man deals with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into mischief, but a faithful ambassador, health, is health. A faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regards Reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, 
and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Much food is the tillage of the poor, but there is that that is destroyed for want of judgment. He that spares the rod hates his son, but he that loveth him chastens him betimes. The righteous eats to the safety of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. Now, you guys heard that, right? There's a repetition of thoughts, points that are being made in the Proverbs and starting with the very first one. You know, if I were if I were marking, <clears throat> if I wrote the first Proverbs across the top of a page, right? And then so I make columns there. There are those that would fit right into the same column. So where a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke, you could go right down and uh and and fill a column with the repeated point being made in that first um, proverb. And so this is how it is. All these things are very, very important to God and important for us to learn. So the Lord repeats them over and over again so that we actually hear it. Um Sister Amy started this morning, and I think it really was a, a, an excellent point to to uh, call out. She started with, I think it's verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And if you notice, there are 25 uh, Proverbs in this chapter, and this one sits right in the middle right in the middle. Now that says to me that the first, are con this one is content contingent upon the first, and this one is also uh, contingent upon the ones that follow. So if we went down to verse 12, and then we went up to verse from 25, down from one and up from 25, the culmination of the, of what God can do in your life is met right here. When the desire is come, it is a tree of life. From the beginning, God has ordained for us good works. They've been ordained and we shall walk in them. So the word of God says, that is, now that's a, there's a condition there. And that is if we meet the requirements that are laid forth in his leading, in his wisdom. Uh, and we're going to look at that a little bit, but I, uh, what, what Minister Amy did this morning is called us to, uh, called attention to it for us, the, the uh, poem that was written by Langston Hughes. He was in Harlem and, and it is, what happens to a dream deferred? As a person in life, uh, we have deferred dreams. And if those dreams, right, are not somehow brought to a, a re realization, we don't realize them, they don't manifest in our lives, we are chasing a lifetime of void and disappointment. 
And so Langston Hughes was a Black author here in America, and he wrote out of the cry of Black people, out of our sufferings and our souls. And he recognized this. He says, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? And what we are hearing in there is it's almost like metaphor. It is almost like um, a personified sense of rejection and of the inability to live out the very thing that God has put in you. You see, Satan comes to do that. He destroys, he uh, kills, and he steals away. And so we can live a lifetime chasing the dream. But the dream, thank God, is already ordained and planted in us. When we walk in God's wisdom, we will indeed manifest the dream. And the dream will also be molded, reshaped, and conformed to the righteous ordination of works that God has called us to do. So then, to be wise, to hear the Father's instruction is a good way to achieve that dream and to avoid scorning, rebuke. Do not despise the chastisement of a parent. And that parent could be an elder, any other wise person in your life. It could be a friend. As long as they come with the voice of God, as long as they come with God's perspective, it behooves us to pay attention. All these proverbs, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, taking care over the things that we speak, right? Are we going to meet with Pastor Thomas at eight o'clock and what he's going to do, no matter how I say a thing, if I don't say it according to truth that the word of God speaks, Pastor Thomas is going to call me out on that. So that is, that's the care that we take over the words that we speak. Our words should line up. Even if we're joking and laughing and playing, we should never speak those things that are not godly or that are not uh, life-affirming by God's own standard. So a man shall eat good by the fruit. The fruit of his lips is really the words that he speaks, what he says, what I say. And he that keeps his mouth, see, it's a repetition. If you keep your mouth, you're keeping your life. But when you open wide your lips, you will have destruction. That just means to talk too much and to say the wrong thing. Just make sure that we are checking our words. Now, we cannot be a sluggard, as in uh, uh, verse 4, if you ever intend to come to the fullness of the dream. You want to realize the plan that God has. So to be a sluggard is not 
it's not ever going to get you there. Um, but to be diligent brings fatness. And fatness speaks of increase, not just in wealth or no, definitely not weight, but the fatness that includes all the beauty uh, and the um, the peace and the hope that, that God offers us in our lives. And to be righteous, we go on to see the, the Proverbs say, uh, you know, you, you were not going to deal with fools and you're not going to deal in lies because that brings shame. And righteousness keeps him that is upright in the way. But wickedness will overthrow the sinner. Ultimately, the wickedness that men do actually turns back on them and causes them to falter and to fall. There is that. There is that something that makes himself rich. The person that makes himself rich yet... Um, he, he um, has nothing. There is a thing that a person, a person makes himself, you know, you do things by the, by your own strength and your own strength. You gather uh, according to uh, the knowledge of men. And honest to goodness, it isn't always that we are stealthy in our way. It, you can go to school and learn to do a thing wrong, right? You can be educated into wrongness. Uh, and so it will, it will. You, you, you make yourself rich, and pride will follow that because you, you feel that's what Minister um, uh, Amy brought out this morning. We, we, we live in the pride of what we've accomplished. I did this. You, you know, I did it for myself. I don't need nobody's help. That sort of thing. But that comes to nothing because there is that maketh himself poor, and yet has great riches. Like so, when we are humble. And when we accept the, 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 the chastening of the Lord, the guidance of the Spirit, we know we didn't do it. And therefore, the Lord continues to guide and to lead. And it's rather like the, um, the verses that follow, the, you know, in the last chapter we read, he that scattereth, bring, he, he's given. You, you give out and, and it, it comes back. You are, it's multiplied to you, so to speak. And the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor honors, here is not rebuke. Now, here it seems to me like a, uh, a uh, double speak because we've been reading that he who is, you know, humble of heart and poor in spirit and all that, they've taken in. But the, uh, the a man's life, the ransom of that man's life is is um, good evening there, Sister Reams uh, is um, is his what did, what am I saying? The ransom of man's life are his riches, for the poor heareth not rebuke. So there's something that happens with a a poor a person not hearing rebuke that brings him to poverty, right? So it really isn't double speak. It is actually the standard. We've been warned not to take the way of a sluggard, right? To be diligent in your way. And you won't have poverty in the things that bring uh, happiness and joy and peace to your life, even to that which brings some measure of wealth, if not a lot of wealth, right? God can do with a, a soul or person as he chooses,
And when the man walks upright before the Lord, he will make his way prosperous. That's how God does it. And we are, you know, slow to, to measure prosperity always in dollars and cents, but there is a measure of prosperity that is dollars and cents by diligence. So the ransom, okay, we that's the, that's that. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Absolutely. Because the light of the world is Jesus Christ. And when we walk in that light, we are definitely going to rejoice. And the lamp of the wicked, which is, you know, the under the undercurrent of uh, deeds that cannot come to the light, then that person ha- will even have his, his lamp put out and will lose his way and will walk in total darkness. That's exactly what happens when you choose wickedness. When a person chooses wickedness over righteousness, he is walking in darkness, stumbling and falling and cannot see because reproof Righteous reproof comes from God. Only by pride cometh contention. This is one that I I want you to meditate on as I also meditate upon it. Pride brings contention, but with the well-advised, advised there's wisdom. Now, a person, just like it was said up there uh, in in the, we read a former one. If, If you are, so pride-filled that you have no um, idea or no way. Okay, Okay, light touch. I don't know what happened there, but thank you, darling. Listen, pride never allows one to give credit to anybody else for doing anything. Pride is uh, just an ugly characteristic. And the proud really are what they they're they're boosting their image right before others so they think but they really are exposing their pridefulness their boastfulness because it is very blatant it is really out in the open and we can really see it so this is that um when when someone else maybe uh tries to talk to that proud person and give them any advice at all because they think they know it all. They think they are the bee's knees, so it's said, uh, a bag of chips, this and that, you know, a bag of chips, whatever that expression is. <laughs> they uh, bring contention. But people who are well advised will look at that and walk away. And let they leave the pride to them, the proud to themselves. And uh, it is written also that pride goeth before fall. There is no way that we can stand in our own <clears throat> personal self exaltation and expect that God is going to allow it to be so. Because if you are that proud, you're probably also stepping into His glory. What of you that you have not received? So writes the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians. And if you received it, why do you boast? We cannot boast in that which we have. No, we didn't give it to ourselves. And our success is an application of the gifts 
and the intelligence, the reasoning, the wisdom that God has given us. And we always want to make room for God to get his glory. So open it out. And the more humble you become, the well-advised you see, the well-advised will always walk in wisdom and be manifest as wise. They will be known for that. And wealth gotten by vanity shall be, come on, and by ill gain, you can just, uh, it won't last. It's not going to last. But when you gather by your own labor, you shall increase. Now, your labor simply means that you put your hands to it, that you're diligent in the work because the, the increase of our labor is given us also by God. So if you're laboring and you are humbling your way, you're well advised, you're walking in the righteousness of God, you're keeping your lips you're not, you know, uh, boastful. You really not. I only mean you're not saying it out of your mouth. I really mean that your heart condition is such that you understand that you really are nothing more than any other man, and God has given every gift to everyone and given glory back. Then you you will always have uh, increase. Now think of it. We come now again to verse uh, uh, twelve. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. So if you if you have been the contrast uh, of these Proverbs, the contrast being the wicked way, you are going to not fulfill the hope that is in you and your heart will eventually be sick, even if you ride high for a moment. But that hope deferred, because it's not coming, the hope that you're looking for, the void that you want to feel, the dream that you want to come to pass, it, it gets further and further away from you. And so your heart will be sick. But when the desire come, if you've walked in the way of righteousness, the wise choices have been made, then the, the desire will come because you see God is giving to you according to the righteous plan. And you receive because you step out of the way, you get out of your own way, so to speak, and God then can lead and guide you by his own eye. So we've, we've come down to chapter 12. Now we're going to walk up to it. Well, we're going to keep going down. But anyway, if we started backwards and went up to it, we do the same thing. So the righteous eats to the satisfying of his own soul. But the belly of the wicked shall want. We're going to go up. He that spares not uh, his rod. Yeah, if, if you've been raised by someone who never called you on your wrong, who never tried to chasten you. You were not duly loved. Now, I'm not saying that your folks didn't have a good feeling for you. They didn't. But true love has within it correction. It has to, because we really don't know our way. We are born in error. That's just, you can't change it and I can't change it. And if you ever had a baby before you, then you watch that baby. Of course, in the beginning, the crying and all that is to alert the parents that things need to happen for the baby and for the baby's welfare. But as a child begins to grow, the baby's choices become very selfish. It's very self-centered. And they want what they want. They want to do it when they want to do it and all that, right? And if you do not chasten that child, he grows up in that wayward way. 
the wayward thinking, the self focus. He becomes the the center of his own world, <laughs> and when that happens, he cannot he cannot uh, prosper. He has we we must be chastened. He that loveth him chastens his own betimes. From time to time, you have to bring some chastening, some correction, and much food is in the tillage of the poor. But there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. That's right. You you know, um, judgment it, it has in it the the idea of correcting, right, or correction, and making sure that there is a righteous judgment or you know interpret interpretation of the things before you. And so, <clears throat> uh, he that uh, I'm sorry. But there is that is destroyed, destroyed. When there is no right judgment, then the very thing that you may be tilling, or when you, you, if you don't have a right perspective about a thing, or if you've done something that should never have been done, then there's you're gonna you're gonna have want. It, it just happens that way, you know. And I'm telling you, it's kind of sometimes it's a little bit difficult to explain, but I have seen all of this in my work with people. I did a great deal of outreach and I walk, I was with people of all walks of life. I mean, from, you know, people who were incarcerated, drug addicts and uh, prostitutes and, you know, um, uh, the poor and destitute and people who just couldn't kind of get it together. People who were in mental illness. I've been around a lot of different kinds of people. And I can tell you that we're not always right when we ascertain why a person is where they are. However, what you what I found out too is that within the, the the grouping of people, by the way, not only did I go with the downtrodden, the disenfranchised, those I've been with the educated and the and the and the wealthy, you know, and I know that the same issues of life exist wherever you are. And so I've seen people who had wealth lose wealth, and I've had pe- the most unlikely people. To achieve well, achieve well, which tells me something that these proverbs are right on, right? That God really is teaching us some good stuff and we need to pay attention. So 22 says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, I don't kind of never, I never did kind of understand the wealth of the sinner laid up for the just. You know, I went through a period when the charismatic movement and the name it, claim it movement was uh, going strong. And this was quoted so much. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just is how I heard it, right? And I would think, well, do. Is that now, Lord, or is that later? Because um, it doesn't seem to me like those wicked people are giving up that to the um, <laughs> to the just. You know, it doesn't seem like it's, it's trickling down to me. Nonetheless, <clears throat> I do believe that it is a true statement. I just don't fully uh, understand how it shall be realized, whether now or or later. But I do know this. If you are proven in any capacity in your work or your life experience, if you prove out to be trustworthy, honest, responsible, then you will indeed overtake the wicked in in the pursuit of 
your career. It may take a minute, but it will happen because you see even a dishonest businessman wants an honest steward because their ultimate goal is to have their stuff over watched over by people that they can trust to do so. So that is a thought to chew upon. And they we, we're moving on now. Uh, you know, oh, the other part is that a, 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 um, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That means that you do not only, um, you, you don't waste your, your um, gain, your godly gain on the temporal. And you make adjustment in your spending and also in the, uh, your, the way you mentor your children and their children. You know, we're blessed to have grandchildren. We know how much we fall in love with them, right? These little ones, it's like they, you just had them for the first time. You just had your own children for the first time. And you don't overstep your children, but you begin to plan even for the grandchildren. And so the, the older we get in our lives, the, the less important certain frivolities are. And so we tend not to spend on ourselves, but rather make uh, kind of investments or plans or securing things that might even extend and help the grandchildren, the children's children. And I don't think the Lord means really even to stop at the children's children. We want to build a legacy that travels through the generations. For example, my great, my grandfather, who I never knew, my grandfather was reported to me that he prayed, he prayed for his children's children. He prayed, period. They said it didn't matter where he was. He would just drop down and pray. I believe that those prayers have moved through the generation that came before me to land into my own life because from early on, my father was a, an example of a, a man of mercy and, and righteous giving. And my mother, right? So this legacy is passed on. And it doesn't have to do with money, not in that sense. But to me, it is of more value than I could have known. He that walks with a wise man shall be wise, but a, uh, a companion of fools. Now, I really want to get to this one. Listen, you know, we we don't judge people in, 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 to the point where we don't want to be around them like that. I don't believe God means it that way. But I'm saying if you're walking to walk with really means to fellowship with, to uh, have friendship with to kind of hang out with, you don't want to be a companion of fools because fools don't make good and wise decisions. And fools are, are, are loud mouthed. We've, we've read it already. They, they say too much and they will draw. They try to lure and draw others into their folly. You don't want to do that at all. I don't want to do that at all. Now you can be with one and, you know, to try to point them to Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that a fool is already said in this heart that there is no God. So if God sends you there to witness with him, do indeed go by his leading and the anointed word that he shall speak. 
but to be a companion of fools is not wise. And then we go on. The desire accomplished is uh, is uh, sweet to the soul, but the abomination, it is abomination of fools to depart from evil. Yeah, fools say that we're not leaving this. We like this. You know, you met people who just love the pleasure they're living in at the time. Oh, no. I met a man. This was the funniest thing, truly. The man was homeless, and they, I was taking food to to a group of uh, homeless people because we were always in these uh, meetings and stuff. When they would, whoever the, the drug companies would buy a lot of food, and there would be trays left over. So everybody knew what I was doing, and they would pack up all these trays and send me packing with all these trays, trays of food, good food. This is absolutely delectable, wonderful food. So I took it into a, a place where all these guys were and, and women, you know, who didn't have a place to go. And this one man I walked upon, able-bodied, good-looking, tall, strong, strapling of a man. He looked to be about 40. He could have been younger. I don't know. But we were talking and he said, I don't know why he said this, but watch this, Lord, how, how the fruit of your lips will really, really expose your heart. He said, you know, my mama, my mama has my son. My mama's got my son. And I looked at him and I said, your mother has your son. And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, why does your mother, your old mother, because you look a little old yourself. So your mother's got to be up in age. Why does she have your son? And you don't have your son. You know what he told me? Cause, cause I, you know, I, 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 I can, um, I can get this check. He was getting a little disability check, and and I don't. If I don't, if I go home, then I will. You know, all the the resources that were coming to him, and he even mentioned the free food that I was giving him. I wouldn't have this. This is, you know, I was really stunned by that. I was so stunned by it. I couldn't believe it. I said, you have a son. Your mother has the child. You could live and work and be there with them, both of them, but definitely in influencing your son's life. But you give it up for a measly tray of food from time to time. <laughs> Freedom. I tell you, that, that, that conversation, I'll never, yes, it was the saddest thing that a fool doesn't know that he's a fool. You've got that right. You know, Fools can lead you astray, and they will, and they do. But they are led them; they let themselves go astray as well. And I'm sitting there saying, "Sir, don't you understand? The child needs you. Don't be out here." He was. Oh, I can't even remember how. I, I just was so stunned with what he was saying that it was. I, I, it's crazy, but very. giving up the absolute privilege to take care of his own son and to be with his old mother for those little temporal mor morsels and that little bit of money. What in the world was the man thinking? And I tell you, I think I was so stunned that I didn't even have a good argument for him. An argument, I don't mean argue back, but a good answer to the stuff that he was talking about. So, 
a poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. See that example holds, but he that regards a reproof shall be honored. If he had taken my advice, and maybe he did, I don't know, and gone on home, you know, and, and, and fulfilled his duty as both father and son. And then his duty before God to put his talents to good use so that God would get the return on them that he is looking for. The man would have been honored. He will be honored. And he will leave a legacy even to his children's children. Every prudent man deals with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. That's what the man did. He laid open his folly to me and to those people who heard him. He laid open the folly, right? But if he had just put on a little wisdom, then he would have if he would if he would have just accepted some advice, knowledge would have entered and then the wisdom would follow as he sought to fulfill those responsibilities. I, I tell you, the law of the of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. That's exactly right. The law of the wise is a fountain of life in order for him to depart from the ensnarement of death. Because if, if we're not living in wisdom, if we're not following the commandment of God, if we are not uh, making sure that we check in with what righteousness is and only God can tell us, so we have to read his word, hear his word, apply his word, we are really asking for the ensnarement of the death that comes beyond. Have you ever known a person to drink himself absolutely to death? Well, I, I've known that. You just drink, they drink so much and, and alcohol is such a killer of your organs, you know? And then uh, so many people, they, they go out and they are so high from, you know, substances that they would take into their body unwise living and you know what that does it causes them, them to neglect their own body and so they also deteriorate but never mind them how about those people who have good money and um spend their lives trying to be too thin and malnourished you know this stuff could go on and on take a good look at yourself take a good look at who we really are Ask God to dissect our very thinking about ourselves and cause us to walk in the knowledge of what we are doing and then in the wisdom of how to rectify it. Fall before the Lord and give in so that he can guide you. And then we're walking back up to verse 12. Whosoever depart despises the word shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Glory to God. Glory. Do not despise the counsel of God by the Spirit of God. Walk in the fullness of his directions and make sure 
that you keep his commandment and to fear his commandment is this, to recognize that every commandment of God brings life and all disobedience tends and leads to death. That's what the fear of it is. It's simply a recognition. Yes, I am not going to, you know what? I used to drive like really fast because I learned to drive when the speed limit was really high. You know, you could do a good 75 and feel really protected out there. That's when I learned to drive. And when the speed limit changed back to 55, do you thought, I, I mean, I could not even get to it. I'm thinking I'm creeping. This is like slow driving, right? But um, I finally said, you know, the, the, the conviction would come over me. And I'm thinking, well, if the speed limit is 55, that's, you know, I shouldn't do more than six. So they give you a break in five, you know, so I would set the cruise control. And pretty soon I learned to accept that I was doing, you know, 55. And then, you know what? Time passed. And guess what? Speed limit went back up to 65. And now when I drive, you know, I, I weather through it. Praise God. I never got a ticket under the 55 <laughs> when I was driving 55. I did get one quite by accident when I was doing 65. I did. I was doing 90 and I did pay the price for that. And I didn't mean to do it. I was lost in my thoughts, driving a long distance. It was very late in the night or early in the morning. It was dark, dark, dark. And I didn't see the, the change of speed. So I went from one higher limit into a lower one and I did get a ticket. But the, this is the point. We take we take the chastisement. We, we take the law seriously. You know, you hear these. Remember I told you you could be educated wrong? So you hear this stuff. Every law is made to be broken. That's a lie. That's not, that's not why the law was made wasn't made for us to break them. <laughs> it was made for us to follow them. And I don't care how crazy and out of step we think those laws are, they are still there for the good. As best, you know, men don't know really what they're doing. They're just, you know, pulling at what, whatever. They're pulling at straws or drawing straws, whatever that expression is, trying to make it right. Or maybe there's a motive behind it. But they're the ones in, 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 in the place of, of governing at that point in time. So to the degree that we don't have to break God's law, we, we follow the law. Because if we don't, there is a real price to pay. Now we walk down to verse 12 and we then we walked up from the end to verse 12. And verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And every every uh, proverb that has come to this verse, both from one and from the end, from the beginning and the end, and we walk back right up to the smack dab in the middle, there it sits. And what we want is the tree of life, right? Because we know that a tree of life means everlasting life, flourishing in this life, and that we are walking in the peace joy, hope, forgiveness, deliverance that only God can bring because we have feared the commandments. We have kept his law. We have fellowshiped with him. We have dined at his table. God is good. <laughs> Sound advice. This speaks to me. Thank you, Reem. That's great. Yes, and the saddest thing, Reem, you, you, you said a mouthful tonight. The saddest thing 
is when we don't know we are being a fool. We don't know we are foolish. I'm telling you, that is sad. But you know what else? I think God doesn't leave you out there without the knowing that you are being foolish because the heavens declare the glory of God. Every day he's speaking. The firmament, the firmament shows forth his handiwork and every night shows his knowledge. Every day. And the Bible says there's not a place where that knowledge is not heard. It is not spoken out. And then I'm going to read that psalm. I, I'm so glad you brought me to it because uh, in the psalm, we are told that um, that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is very sure, making wise, watch this, making wise the simple. So all we have to do is, is get with it, right? The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing your heart. They make your heart rejoice. The commandment of the Lord is pure and it enlightens our eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. It endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And more to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by these is your servant warned, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. Glory to God. Thank you for the clap, light touch. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. For every one of you who sat here, you know, under the sound of my voice, I tell you, I'm not a scholar, not by any stretch of the imagination. I simply want to convene with God as often as I can. I want to hear from him. And I pray that you do too. I believe you do because you come in and listen to me. My goodness. And, and you know what? The readers that we have joined with us this time, these are very, very astute in God's word. Those of you who have come into the studio, you have stuff to share. I want God to give you a platform by, on which you can stand and, and share it. And if it is, you know, by way of this podcast, you know you're welcome. I keep inviting you to do so. And I pray, Father, for what you are doing here, you have given us, God, food. This is so true. The Lord wants us to be satisfied in his righteousness, even in all of his wonderful provision. Hallelujah. Choose righteousness. Reem yourself said it. There is provision. There is provision. There is provision in God. And if you come back at eight o'clock and you hear Pastor Thomas, he's going to talk like, like this. He's going to tell you. Whatever you want, God has already given. All we have to do is look what we did with this chapter. Right in the middle of the chapter. Yeah, there it is. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you want it, get. if you want that tree of life, when the desire comes and God has planted in us the desire, he's already ordained the good works that we should walk in. And why would he not also provide for his own? Praise God, praise God, praise the Lord. This is good, good food. Provision. Not only provision, you know, the substance that is needed for life, but the provision 
of our mental state. God, he, he cares. He really cares. And that's just the best I can do with uh, explaining it. We are responding to the advisement from the wisdom of the Proverbs written by Solomon, gathered together these sayings and compiled to leave to his son. But look at it, to not only his son, but to his sons, it was there. This is the legacy that passes through the generations and is so good that it has come through many generations all the way down to us. Who can know but that we are related to King Solomon. <laughs> That's a good thought, isn't it? <laughs> May God be praised. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are so good. You pour out so bountifully to us to give to us all need, Father, to perfect the lives that we are living. And we ask you to plant your word in us, Lord, really that we may become the planting of the Lord trees of righteousness, as Isaiah put it. Oh, precious Savior, we thank you so much for knowing us and for calling us by name. Praise be to your name, God. You are the greatest of all, and we give you as, as much as we can. We give you every part of us, every part, every part, Lord God. Use us as you will. We submit. Hallelujah. Once again, guys, I tell you, we're gonna be we're gonna be filled to overflowing. Already God has filled us tremendously with this uh, great meal in Proverbs, right? And we are partaking of it. And I say share it. Tell another soul. Ask God to give you the chutzpah. I think that's the, the Hebrew word the boldness, the holy boldness, and the anointing to tell somebody else. Start, you know, Jesus sent the disciples, he said, you know, from Jerusalem, start in Jerusalem, right here at home. Jesus stayed in Jerusalem, by the way, because he came to his own. And then he sent his own, those who received him, he sent them out to feed the masses. And the whole world has now heard the gospel, pretty much. There are a couple of little places that have it because you go in with great peril, but share it with someone else. And with that, I'll meet you again. God willing, keeping us strong in his faith in the AM, nine o'clock when we shall convene and read chapter 14 of the Proverbs. Have a really great evening. And if you can, join us at 8 o'clock with Pastor Thomas and rejoice, for God has done great and marvelous things. Have a good night. Bye-bye.